Hello everyone. <laughs> so this is The Crack, this is the podcast that I usually ask you what's the crack, but if you're a, I don't want to say regular listener, if you've listened in the past, well you can probably see on the uh, podcast app that you have there, I haven't recorded anything since December, so this is just me sort of explaining where I've been. <laughs> I've not been far. I've been mostly in this room that I'm sitting in just now. This is the living room of my flat in Inverness. Um, so I'll start off by saying thank you very much for the feedback I got on the last episode. That was a bit different. That was an audio drama type thing that I did. I think it was 16th of December. It was uploaded. Christmas special type of thing. And I got some lovely messages for that. And then since then, I went radio silent. And for that, I'm sorry. So what, what have I been doing? Um, well, I'm all right. <laughs> still here. Still alive and kicking. But, yeah, I've not made any podcasts for a while. So, this will be a quick episode, by the way. I mean, I don't plan it being long. This is just going to be a very brief... Explain yourself. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So, whenever be, we've been up to uh, start of the year, right? So, a little bit of context here, guys. Explain myself. I work for the ambulance service. <laughs> There's a point to this. I work for the ambulance service. Uh, my job, currently, is I'm the guy you might talk to when you phone 999. So that means I just sit for 12 hours, 12 hour shifts, half seven to half seven, and my headphones beep. And that means there's somebody phoning 999 for an ambulance. Or somebody feeling they need an ambulance. And as you can imagine, that is a unique job. Um, it's an amazing job. It's a strange, unique, high-pressure, high-stress job. Luckily, I was already shaving my head before I started the job, or else my hair might have fallen out. But it is a very, very intense job at times. Um, and as soon as I started the job, I knew I couldn't do it forever. You know, you know what I mean? It's um, like I said, it's amazing you get trained, but yeah, I started doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be here for twenty years. This is not me. Um, I think. Breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. I believe I was, or I am, good at it. Not terrible. Um, very polite to the callers, very respectful. And of course, you can never question their integrity. If somebody phones in and says, they've just had their head chopped off, you have to proceed with that call as if they have had their head chopped off. You can't question them, you know, you sure? So that was fine. Um, And I'd had eyes to move to the other side of the room. That's where the dispatch is. So ambulance control, you get the phone calls in from the public. And then you get the dispatch. You take the calls that the call handler process, and then they send the appropriate resorts to it. You know, whether that's a proper blue light ambulance or one of those wee small cars you see, or, yeah, the appropriate response. You know, a city, some might have motorbikes. Um, and I applied for that job. So, get to the point, yeah, okay, so, 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 um, I had applied for it and interviewed 
a long time ago, I think just a few months after it started, and I didn't get it. And that was fine. I didn't really expect to. Um, the only feedback I got for the interview was that I lacked confidence. You know, I thought it was lovely, etc. All the sort of usual stuff, very kind of them. But I wasn't confident enough. Which is fine, understandable. Uh, back to work, do some calls. Do some calls to fucking hundreds of calls. <laughs> Loads of them. And that was all good. The opportunity came up again. And I applied and I got through and I got another interview. And we wouldn't find out that day because there was circumstances that prevented them from seeing all the candidates. And to be fair, they had to see everybody. So I was night shift the next night. Uh, so I was sleeping in the afternoon. I got a phone call that woke me up. And it was just them. And they sounded genuinely sorry, saying I hadn't got the job again. And I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel annoyed. I, um, as I had been for years, I just, you know, what I thought was laid back. I was sort of numb to it. Okay, cool, whatever. And, um, I went back to sleep. <laughs> I had a nice shift that night. I had to be as fresh as I could for this phone call. And then when I woke up that night, I, you know, had some food, showered, and I got in my uniform. And I sat on the end of my bed, and I just thought about, oh man, that sucks. I really wanted that job. Oh well. And then I started to question, why am I not feeling anything at all? Why am I not sad or angry or frustrated or or? distraught you know but why is there nothing coming out of this and um then i don't know I, I i just started to think about going to work and the stress of all the calls and just how there's never seems to be enough staff on no matter how much there's always a demand there's always calls waiting there's always potentially something horrible at the end of the line and um again very dramatic i'm not trying to bring the mood down here i'm just trying to explain what's happening um I thought I started to have a heart attack. <laughs> my chest started to hurt and my breathing went a bit funny and I started to shake and um, I couldn't focus. Just suddenly the whole room felt like, the, you know, the, the walls were closing and it was genuinely like the room was getting smaller. So I was sitting in the end of the bed and just, oh my God, oh my God. And like I said, I thought I was dying and... As horribly dramatic and romantic as it sounds, Charlotte was in the living room and I didn't want to shout her through because I thought I might collapse and die. I didn't want her to come and see me dying. Um, and then I seemed to calm down. I seemed to stop. And these emotions all hit me at once. And I was like, man, I think I'm depressed. Um, I don't know what happened. So I phoned my supervisor. Um, he was just about to leave for work anyway, but I phoned him. And I just explained, oh, my phone's a bit weird. So I've had to plug on all this stuff again after almost a year of not using it. So I don't know if this is even coming through properly. I hope it is. You're getting one take, guys. This is this is live. I phoned him and I told him what happened. And he just, fair play to him. You know, like I said, they are understaffed. He's just like, look, man, put yourself first. You don't come in tonight. You look after yourself. Um, phone the occupational health because we get support through work. You know, I've had to phone them for... Hearing some tough calls as well. Uh, I did that, and they said, "Right, so we can phone you back in a few weeks." 
And for some reason that sent me over there. Oh my God, oh my God, I can't go back to work. I cannot take calls. Because when I had had that weird, <laughs> when I did that weird thing on, in, in bed, no, when, when that weird thing happened, I was sitting in the bed, I was completely out of control. I, I wasn't allowing that to happen. That was just my body doing that, if that makes sense. That, that was just happening. So I spoke to some other folk and they said, look, just phone your doctor and get signed off, which I've never done before. I've not, you know, I hadn't been to the doctor since fucking high school. So it's like, right, how do I do that? Googled it. So, oh, you've moved out of town. That fucking health centre is apparently closed now. So I had to find it. <laughs> you need to know this. I had to find another GP in Inverness and get registered and stuff. And COVID's still sort of, is it there or not? You know, where are we right now? So no man's land. So I didn't go in to see him, but I phoned the doctor. He phoned me back. Um, you know, basically I've I've been prescribed medication. I get um certainly take that in the morning. Oh, Jesus, I forgot to take it this morning. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm medicated now. Uh, apparently, I've got you know anxiety, depression, stress. But I think without blaming the job I was doing, I think I have been depressed for a very long time, and I just sort of thought that was the norm, or the anxiety had always been there. But I thought everybody felt that. I thought. Everyone got nervous before they left the flat. Everyone sort of always thought the worst was going to happen. I thought it was just a natural way of going about life, of just constantly, constantly being concerned that shit's going to happen. Because unfortunately, when I thought shit was going to happen, it tended to, you know. If... Oh, sounds bad. So yeah, I'm on that. And it seems to be helping. It's all good. Uh, but I was signed off work for a very long time. Uh, about three months. And... That was when, see, I don't know if I allowed it, but when I was signed off, that's when it sort of became proper depression. That's when I was, I made myself go to bed every night before midnight and I made myself get up every day before eight. Um, so I didn't fall into any bad habits of staying up to four in the morning and staying in bed till the afternoon. But um, that's when I would just in the morning lie in bed and just lie there and just not want to get up, not want to do anything. Um, but I stopped doing everything I enjoyed. So certainly the podcasts had to stop and I'm sorry for that because I did get some lovely messages from folk that seemed to genuine and genuinely enjoy them. And I am sorry that I had to stop that. Stop the reading altogether. I've read one book this year. You know, without saying like a fucking teacher's pet. I was reading a few books a month. You know, you know um, I stopped reading. Fucking turned into an old man. I found complete fucking joy in feeding the birds. <laughs> Got a bird feeder inside the bedroom window and outside the kitchen. So I feed them and just sort of watch them. Jesus Christ, that sounds sad as fuck. Feeding the birds. Um, luckily, had the wee chihuahua. I would take her for a walk. Oh, it's gone weird again. The fucking speaker's not working. Take the wee chihuahua for a walk every night to the battlefield. Um, just me and her. And the battlefield was empty. So it was just peaceful, quiet, and there was lovely. Um, I'd let her off the lead, I don't think you're meant to, I don't think you're on the battlefield, I'd just let her off the lead, let her run around, and she'd always come back, <laughs> and then one time she fucking didn't, so we're walking down towards the end of the battlefield, and at the far end there's um horses, you know, where the fuck do I live, Camelot? No, no, it's a Clodden battlefield, there's people keep horses nearby, and um, I was walking along, just not even listening to a podcast, not listening to music, just genuinely just, you know, just feeling the air, just feeling the wind in my face, just listening to the birds, all that kind of shit. Walking along, enjoying myself, and I look down, and I'm like, okay, where's the dog? Where's the dog? 
Oh, fuck. And it's starting to get dark. Um, so I'm looking around, looking around like, Chica, where, where are you? And then I look down the far end of the fucking field, which is like electric fence and everything, and she's just running around. I'm like, you son of a bitch. So I start shouting her, and she's having the time of her life fucking jumping around. And like, Do farmers shoot chihuahuas if they're... And she didn't give a fuck there was horses there, but I was also aware that this horse, all he had to do was sneeze on her, and she'd probably die. You know, if he put his fucking hoof down, no more chihuahua. So I was uh, very close to, I don't even know how I would have done it, trying to climb an electric fence. No, I might like I'd have slipped on it and, yeah, fucking balls first. Is that one of the Home Alone films? I think it's Home Alone 3. One of the, yeah, I've only really seen the first two. Shit. So she was fine. Uh, the clothing box were nice. Uh, I still go on them sometimes. So if you ever want to, I was going to say, see me in the flesh or attack me. I'm usually at clothing battlefield at night time. Probably shouldn't tell where I'm going to be at what time, but sometimes she stops and starts barking at nothing and you know it's like don't fucking do that if there is a ghost there i don't want to know there's a ghost there but yeah so far so good but i am um, if you care guys i'm in a much better place now um medicated exercising trying to gain shape you know i mean arguably i'm in shape just the absolute fucking wrong shape i'm um, back at the gym five days a week if i can recently fucking pulled my groin which was weird because I've been at the gym constantly and then I go for a walk with my friends and it was the casual walk that seemed to do me damage it's that grand time viewpoint I tell you again to be chihuahua she was a good girl um and I'm happy to say I applied for dispatch again and <laughs> I got the job guys so I have been back at work you know I haven't been signed off all year um I've just not been podcasting for some reason i got scared to go back to it and i never did so back at work no longer going to be a call handler starting this week i start my mentorship as a dispatcher for the north so if you are unfortunate enough to have to call for an ambulance it may not be me you talk to but it may be me that sends the ambulance to you and again fucking power myself i'm very proud of my time as a call handler you know um i've heard some shit and <laughs> got some stories to think I'm like to tell any of them Phil not with the nature of it you know I mean I wouldn't be you know you know 18 year old John Smith at 123 Main Street oh my, you know I can't give you any details but I don't know there's nothing where I'd tell what we've heard but you know like I, I have delivered babies and arguably given instructions that have saved lives I got wee badges got a wee stork badge for delivering a baby girl um, but you only get one for the first one. So as soon as I had the second one over the phone, I was like, I don't care. Give me the fucking badge for the first one. And I've got a thing called a ROSC badge, which I forgot what ROSC actually fucking stands for. Oops. Basically, you give CPR and they got the guy, the person that lived, but they weren't alive at the start. But, um, oh, and they give us coins for working through COVID and for the Queen. Oops. For the Queen's Jubilee, we got these fancy little coins, but. I gave the coins to my mum because I'm not going to display them and she seems very proud of them but yeah I don't know if we'll get anything now that we've got a king but yeah so I've got my badges I don't wear them or anything like that but it's just, just nice to have them and what an experience it was hearing those calls because um, I left school with, with like I fucked around you know I wanted to make folk laugh I wanted to entertain folk and I left school with nothing at all 
and found myself in a job. I was the first first responder. You know, like people with like just some of the things I fucking heard. Good lord, some of the funny things I've heard. Um, some of the horrific things. I don't know if they'll ever go away, but yeah, some stuff certainly echoes. But very unique job. I'm proud to have done it. I hope dispatch works for me. So that's me back. Hopefully, I am meeting a friend, former colleague for coffee in the near future and we are going to discuss doing a podcast together so it may not just be the crack there may be another thing coming, we'll see how that goes is that everything? I think that is everything I've got to talk about any funny stories? no, I think that's it I could tell you about when I was away for training for the dispatch get put up in a travel lodge there is a Mysterious white stain on the fucking bed frame. Gross! And um, I got to drive the ambulance car, which had blue lights. But of course I didn't drive with the blue lights on, but still. Cool. So that's me back, guys. Hopefully, hopefully that's me back for good. Um, if you're still listening, thank you. I'm sorry I was gone so long. It's been a heck of a year. Hope you're well. And... Wouldn't be fair not to say thank you to Charlotte. She's put up with a lot from me this year. Um, whether I've been demanding or just absent as fuck. <laughs> I'm still here. And I'm going to get the ball rolling again with these podcasts. And thank you very much, guys. All right. I forgot what I, what do they usually sign off with. Look after yourself. Don't take any shit. And just be good. All right, bye for now.